Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. This summer season, we're talking about our growth as a teacher, about specific ways we can take advantage of these summer months to learn and improve and reach that next level of effectiveness. And as we're drawing closer to back to school, we're switching gears just a little bit and focusing on how to really take advantage of those first weeks and how to be prepared and ready to go um, for back to school. And today in particular, we're going to be talking about that first day back, how to make it count, and in particular, what not to do the first day of school. We'll get to that in just a minute, but first I want to share with you about an awesome service offered by my friends at Christian Educators Association. If you are in a secular teacher's union and it bothers you that your money is going to support things that you don't believe in or you feel like you're not getting the support that you need, especially as a Christian teacher, I want to tell you that Christian Educators Association is an alternative, a Christian alternative to the Secular Teachers Union. Um, When you join CEAI, you get over you get $2 million in professional liability insurance, job action protection that covers legal fees for local legal, legal representation if you're faced with job action like suspension or termination, um, as well as a ton of other um, helpful resources, legal and educational consultation, and so much more. If you'd like to find out more, you can visit teachfortheheart.com slash insurance to learn more about Christian Educators Association International, your Christian alternative to the Secular Teachers Union. All right, but today we are talking about what not to do the first day of school. And I'm sure you guys can all picture this scenario, right? The bell rings, the students come pouring in for that first day of school. There's excitement and a bit of chaos fill the air, and of course, some nervous anticipation, not just from the students, but from us teachers as well. The first day of school is so exciting, but those first few hours with your students are also critically important. In fact, they can actually make or break the entire school year. And so I always focused when I was teaching on making that first day as efficient as possible. And I'm going to share with you today 10 things not to do on the first day of school. And we'll talk about what to do instead. The first one is to let the little things go. Do not do this. This was the biggest mistake I made during my first year of teaching. And if you've heard this podcast, if you've been listening to this podcast for long, you've heard me talk about this. But when you let the little things go, you know, I I figured a little talking here, a student with their head down there, no biggie, right? Wrong. The problem is when we let the little things go, we give our students the impression that we either don't notice that what they're doing or that it's fine that they're doing what we didn't say. And the problem is that those little problems don't stay little. The students get the impression that we either can't see what's happening or we don't care what's happening. And so these little things quickly escalate into full-blown problems. The answer is actually quite simple. Simply addressing little things with a simple statement like, Greg, please sit up. Thank you. Or George, we don't run into class. Please go back outside and walk in quietly. Um, Little things like that can make such a big difference. Just addressing the little problems. So number one, don't let the little things go. 
Number two, do not lay down the law either. This is kind of the opposite extra of uh, the opposite end of the spectrum. Now, my personality does not lean in this direction, but I've seen teachers in an attempt to avoid letting little things go, go to the opposite extreme. They decide they need to lay down the law and show the kid who's boss. So they jump on the tiniest infraction and whack the kids with the biggest punishment possible just to show they will not tolerate misbehavior. This is not a wise approach either. Yes, you do need to address the little things, but often all you need is a verbal correction. Unless the student is being purposefully rebellious or belligerent, um, you don't you you don't need to um, you know inflate the consequences to scare the students. So if you need to give consequences, do so. Um, but there's no need to, like I said, just completely bang the kids over the head that first day of school just to show them that you're serious. Um, Just calmly and kindly sticking to your discipline plan is what you want to do. If you want to hear more about this, I linked to a post called Should Teachers Lay Down the Law in the blog post that goes along with this, which you can find at teachfortheheart.com slash first day. All right, so number one, don't let the little things go. Number two, don't lay down the law. Number three, don't make it a fun day. Now, I put fun day in quotes because it should be fun, right? It's the first day of school. It should be exciting. It should be fun. But you should not intentionally make it a quote-unquote fun day or a party day, all right? If you do, here's the problem. You are setting a very bad precedent, and you're just asking for your students to be out of control. You're basically setting the precedent that we're just going to do fun things all the time. And when you inevitably have to come back and say, okay, now we have to work, the students resent it. If, on the other hand, you start off the school year as structured as possible, then the students get used to that structure. And then you can relatively easily do a whole bunch of fun activities throughout the year. So I'd really encourage you, if you like to start out with something really fun and you found that you've had trouble controlling your class, why not Why not switch it up this year? Start with structure and then add the fun activities in October and November and December and you'll be amazed how much better and actually in the end, how many more fun activities you can do with your class because you have that structure in place and they know, um, they know how to follow your procedures and expectations. All right, fourth thing, do not, speaking of procedures, go over all your procedures the first day of school. Oh my goodness, this happened so many times when I was in high school where you basically, every single class, you sat down and the teacher gave you the procedure sheet and they read through the entire thing. So the entire first day of school was going from one class to the next reading procedure sheets. And it was... (laughs) We talked about not making it a fun day, but okay, that that's like the most boring day ever, right? Please don't torture your students by spending the whole class going over the sheet that contains all your procedures. It's so boring. And like I said, it's probably what all the other teachers are doing too. So yes, you need to teach your procedures, all right? And I, and I linked to a post, and we've talked about this on the podcast. It's so important that you teach them and teach them diligently. And um, I, le- I linked to a post that talks about that at teachfortheheart.com slash first day, but you should teach them as they come up, not all at once. Okay, so for example, the first time it's time to um, 
to do a restroom break. That's when you teach the restroom procedure. The first time it's time to pass in papers, that's when you teach the pass in papers procedure. The first time you have homework, that's when you teach the homework procedure. You don't try to do it all at once. You do it as each thing comes up. So not all at once reading through an entire paper on the first day. And if you have your procedures written out in a handout, just let your students read them for homework. That was always my homework the first day was read this paper and sign it. I don't have to sit here and stand the stand here. You guys are able to read if you have older students, and I'd have the parents sign it too. All right, number five. Do not spend more than 30 seconds talking about fire drills. Okay, if you teach elementary or especially little kids, then then I give you permission to go longer than 30 seconds. You know, you can take two to five minutes. Do what you need to. But middle school and high school especially, please don't. Uh, just don't. These poor students are he- hearing about the fire drill procedures in every class, and it's not like they've never done one before. Furthermore, it's not very likely they're going to remember exactly which direction we have to leave the building in each of their eight different classes, okay? So I know you need to cover fire drills or any other safety procedures. Do it as quickly as possible the first day. Then later in the week, go over them in more detail when the students' brains aren't being overloaded with a million procedures, all right? So that's my recommendation. Number six, do not dress down. Now, even if you typically dress somewhat casually, the first day of school, my recommendation is this is not the time to dress down. This is You only get one chance to make that first impression, and this is the day that's going to happen. So the first day of school is the time to honestly put on the most professional outfit that you've got, especially if you're young. If you're older, it's not quite as important, um, but especially if you're a young teacher, um, you know, pull out that blazer. <laughs> Dress dress really professionally, and I think that will really be helpful for you. And I linked to a couple posts about this, about is it really important to dress professionally and also how to dress professionally on a budget or a teacher's income. You can find both of those at teachfortheheart.com slash first day. Number seven, the next thing you do not want to do the first day of school is just wing it, all right? If you try to wing the first day of school, I'll be honest, you will probably survive it just fine. But you'll be wasting an incredible opportunity to start the year off right. Instead, I strongly recommend that you plan every minute so that you're prepared, confident, and organized. The best way to start class is to have some type of simple assignment ready for the students as they come into class. And this can be your icebreaker or get-to-know-you activity, but just something simple. It can be, you know, a, a, a pre-quiz, you know, some type of evaluation to, to, know, to gauge where they're at, whatever it is. But having something there for them to do as soon as they walk in. This will keep them occupied while you deal with the inevitable confusion of those first few minutes of class. Number eight. Do not let students choose their own seats. Now, I know there's going to be a lot of you out there that disagree with me, and that's totally fine. But let me let me argue why I'm saying this. Even if you plan to allow students to choose their own seat at some point in the future, I still recommend assigning a seat the first day. Why? First of all, because it will help you learn their names more quickly. If you don't know who is in what seat, learning names is going to be a nightmare. And you won't be able to call hardly anyone by their name for the first week. Definitely not the first day or two. Secondly, allowing them to choose their seats and then figuring out who is in which seat so that you can know their names 
wastes so much time. And time is such a precious commodity that first day of school, especially if you're in middle school and high school and you have multiple classes, so you only have like 40, 50 minutes with each class. You do not want to waste any of that time. So this just causes a lot of confusion. And it's just like I said, if you want to let students choose their own seats later, great. But I don't recommend it that first day of school. What I would recommend doing is um, having a seating chart ready and then plan a way to tell the students their seats as they enter the class, not after they've already sat down. This is another thing that happened all the time in high school. Um, we would go and say, everyone say, they would say, sit down. And then they say, okay, everyone stand up and I'm going to show you where your seat is. And that's fine. But number one, it's just, it's annoying for the students. And number two, once again, it wastes a lot of time. So I know this is a little bit of extra effort, but all these things really show your students, okay, this teacher's on top of their game. Um, so what I did was you want to have the seating chart in some type of way. You could have it displayed on a smart board or projector, or you could have each student's name and seat number on a post-it note on the wall. So like you could number all the desks, and as they come in, they find their name and their seat number on a post-it note, and then they have to find that they just match the number to their seat. Um, the problem with Putting the I liked I always projected mine on the board, but the problem with that is students get confused, like what's left, what's right, what's front, what's back. Believe me, they have trouble reading the seating chart. But if you do that, an easy way you could do it on the board is once again number the seats. If you just put a little post-it note with a number on each seat, and then your seating chart on the board has the number two, that helps them a lot to find their seats quickly without too much confusion. All right, next thing, two more to go. Number nine, do not pass out textbooks one by one. This may not seem like a big deal, but once again, it's a time waster. It's really boring for your students, um, and it's just inefficient to call your students one by one to come up and receive their textbooks. Instead, you want to come up with a way to hand them out quickly. What I typically did was I had them set out at the end of the row, and the students would simply pick up their stack and pass them down the row. This means I invested time beforehand writing down all the numbers and putting the students' names in their book, but it was worth it to streamline the process. And finally, number 10, do not waste a single moment. Plan through every procedure, every activity. Find a way to do it as efficiently as possible because here's your goal. Your goal the first day of school is to actually teach something in every class. That's not going to happen unless you're intentional and efficient and focused. But if it is, even if you just have 40 minutes, you can teach for 10 minutes. You can actually start diving into material that first day of school. And that, more than anything, once again, shows your students we're here to learn. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. But we're learning. We're, and and, and make, that first, make that first lesson, show your passion in that first lesson, but get into the material. And it will really... Um, It'll mean a lot to your students. I hope you found these 10 things helpful. If you'd like more help, you can get our free classroom management mini course, which will be a great help as you prepare for back to school. You can get that at teachfortheheart.com slash mini course. And of course, I link to it once again in the notes at teachfortheheart.com slash first day. I hope you do have a wonderful first day of school and we'll look forward to talking with you some more in between now and then. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.